Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Clear as day, just before I turned around, my knees were um, quite literally, yeah, yeah, and then I tried to flip my weight from one foot to the other, and the other one would just start going. I was like, I'm having to stop this. Um, but yeah, turn around, saw Dom, she had a massive smile on her face and I was, I was so lucky and blessed that we both just got along. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello to all of you good humans out there and welcome to another guest episode of Good Humans Podcast. Very thrilled to have you here. It is a place where I talk to incredible people about their stories, their journeys and what's got them to where they are today. But more importantly, the lessons they've learned along this journey because I'm so inspired by every one of these guests and hopefully you are as well. If this is the first episode you've tuned into, very warm welcome. It's great to have you here. Make sure you do go back after this episode and check out all the other incredible guests we have. There's been so many great sports people. There's also been plenty of social media stars, musicians, scientists, and just a whole range of incredible humans. So make sure you go back and check some out. Or if you are here for the first time, hit that like, subscribe, and five-star button. It's so, so special to have you here listening to these great conversations. Today's episode, wow, I love this one. So nice to chat to Jack Miller, great friend of mine. He's a guy that I was so intrigued by once he popped up on maths, but it was so cool to watch how he held himself. He's a friend of a friend, but we've become pretty close over the last couple of years and he has a really cool story. It was nice to learn more behind the scenes. He's been taken through the limelight in the last couple of months, being one of the main characters on Married at First Sight, an Australian TV reality show. But I wanted to get to know his story a bit better. Every other outlet seems to be following just what happened on the show, but I wanted to share more of who Jack Miller is behind the scenes. So let's jump into the conversation. Hopefully you enjoy it. I really loved chatting to Jack and I'm sure you will too. So welcome to the podcast, Jack Miller. How you going, brother? Oh man, I'm going well. Thanks for having me. Man, it's it, sick. It's good. Thanks for having me over here in your little pad at Bondi. Yeah, you were a little bit late. You said you came from yeah, another podcast, but it's um, great to be here. Hopefully this podcast does far better. Oh, it tells your story in a different way because I'm yeah. excited. We do have a bit of a relationship, which yeah. we'll talk about in the podcast. But man, how you been? It's been a crazy year for you. Yeah, it's been um, a wild roller coaster of a year, that's for sure. Like thrown in the deep end of this new world that is um, TV and everything that comes with it. And then still trying to keep up with like normal life and catching up with my mates and everything on top so it's um it's hard to juggle everything yeah i think it's interesting like we were chatting a bit off a, mm. a second ago about this but people tend to forget that reality tv stars i guess that's what you call it yeah yeah sure have another have a life as yeah. well like have yeah. like like you work as a financial planner yeah, yeah. So you've got a nine to five which i'm sure keeps you so busy and then have to switch off mm. and go into that what's that juggle been like for you yeah and um I remember, so straight after we finished filming the show, I went straight back to work, right? And it was such a, a weird thing, especially while the show was airing and stuff like that, to flip your head. Because mm. it really is two different ways of thinking between like the more clinical, like nine to five job, like, you know, you're doing your daily grind kind of thing. And it's not that I don't like my job, I love it. But like, 
it was I found it really tough to be able to then go, all right, now flip my head over to this, mm. um, I guess personality. Yeah, you know, and it's not like I was changing who I was, but it's it's a totally different way of thinking. You have to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I was, although I was only working that nine to five, like my brain's running for big hours in the day, mm. and that's it's taxing for sure. Like it's tiring, but it's also a um. I don't know. It's a whole new experience. Yeah. It seems mm. like it's so exciting. It's so cool to see mm. the journey you've been on. And I'm really excited to get to know your story a bit better. I guess to introduce you to the Good Human Factory yeah. or Good Human Podcast listeners, I'll let them know how we know each other. Yep. So my best friend, mm-hmm. I guess from 18 to 25, yep. Yep. is a guy called Sam O'Brien. Shout yep. out to Sam. I'm sure you'll listen. Oh, and then absolutely will. Jack's. <laughs> Jack's been best friends with Sam what, yep. since you were kids. Yeah, we grew up together. Essentially. Yeah, we grew up yeah, together. Yeah. So Jack's Sam's best man at his wedding, and I'm one of the groomsmen. So that's yep. how Jack and I know each other. So it's really cool to yep. have like, especially with obviously the stardom that's come with your yep. last six months. It's nice to actually have a mate conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. around this topic, and we did chat about that yeah. up there as well. Like, and like we've known each other for what, like five, six years now, or something longer. like that. Probably longer meet? down the snow or something. Oh, oh down the- Wollongong. It was one of the two, oh, maybe one of the times that Sam brought you down to Woolabong yeah. when I was DJing down there or something right. like that. And then, but yeah, we've hung out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't tell you how many times now. Like we've done, we were down the snow together yeah. two years ago. Oh, God, A couple of years ago. Oh, <laughs> God, I miss that. Man. Yeah. We'll, we'll get down to the snow this yeah. year. But it's, um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been cool. I didn't even know you were going to be on the show. Like I was just yeah. saying that to you as well. Yeah, I was yeah. like, my sister switched it on her and Fisher right. watch it religiously. And she was like, is Sam O'Brien on Sam O'Brien on Mass like his friend or something? I was like, no, I don't think so. He never told me about it. And then I turned it on. I was like, oh no, wait, that's Jack. I know Jack really well. But yeah, we'll get to Mass. But yeah, I mean, the first question I like to start with people yeah. is, what's one thing you're grateful for? One thing I'm grateful for, um, and I'll say this broadly, is like the people that I know, and that's from my family to my friends. I all put them into one big bucket that's probably one of the biggest things for me that i'm grateful for in this world my relationships mm. with everyone like i thrive off them i live off them man yeah that's 100 oh. it it's an important thing to be grateful for yeah those connections yeah. that we have with others yeah. is so important in the context of just life but mm. obviously this is an underlying mental health podcast and yeah. it's so special and so important to have those connections with people mm-hmm. so very good gratitude but today i want to sort of get to know your story a bit better one for me because I mean, we're about to stand yeah, next yeah, to our, yeah. our best mate to get yeah, married in the next year or two. And um, it'd be good to get to know you a bit better. We obviously have, have hung quite a bit, but this podcast yep. is about getting to know your story, what you've learned along yeah, the way. Sure. And yeah, let's rewind back. Where'd you sure. grow up? What was so, your upbringing like? And yeah, yeah, how was family life as a youngster? Yeah, so I've got a bit of a, I guess, unique sort of upbringing in the way of the family dynamics. So I, when I was very young, when I was two years old, my dad passed away. Um, and sorry, Wollongong, by the way, I'm a Wollongong boy, yeah. born and bred, but yeah, in terms of family dynamics. So at the age of two or three, my dad passed away. Mum was a single mum, brought me up in, oh, and that and my nonna. Um, they were both like, without a doubt, the, the two female presences in my life that really, um, brought me up and then moved over to, uh, you know, moved a few houses between Wollongong, stuff like that. Um, and then eventually ended up moving to North Wollongong through all when my mum met my current stepfather, Brian. And that was, oh, I would have been about 10 cool. or something like that. So for all intensive purposes, 
his whole family and him himself, he's my dad and that family's taking me in wholeheartedly. That's kind of like where I guess my journey started, just a little grom in Wollongong, surfing, family, nonna, surf club, all the fun stuff. That's really cool. It's nice to see how you speak about your stepdad like that. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Full family. And Absolutely. Obviously losing your dad at quite a young age. Mm. I'm sure you probably don't really have many memories of him, but nah, yeah. it's great to yeah see that you did end up getting that father figure in your life. And mm. I'm sure it probably was super beneficial growing up through your teen oh. years. Do mm. you have any siblings? Um, I have one brother, yep. but uh, with the stepfather. So yeah. he is currently 13. Cool. So, um, sorry, 14. 14, sorry, I always got to count this back. So 13-year age gap, and I'm now 27, which has just blown my mind. So <laughs> I turned 28 last week. It's heavy. Oh, bro, that's right. I messaged you. I only just got in like the last five minutes, and I messaged you. I was like, shit. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, big, big age gap. One sibling. But uh, I mean, it's actually kind of interesting and a very interesting conversation in itself, looking at how it's a fully different generation nowadays. Mm. And that, that age gap is kind of crazy and what it's caused and what it's developed and the way that um, kids are these days with their technology yeah, and the, everything's, you know, huh? everything's very different. And it's so, although I'm very close with him yeah, yeah. and um, you know, he's, he's amazing, but it is a totally different way of thinking. Yeah. It's interesting. So it's like your mum meets your stepdad yep. within the first few years. Yeah. Um, they have a kid and that's it. Yeah. Stepbrother. Oh, like, Half yep. brother, not step brother. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. half brother. I know it's weird. No, not it's I mean, weird. Yeah, full brother. Yeah. A little fin is probably back in there. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's pretty much where it all began for me, you know. And um, my family is like the closest thing to my family, my friends. Yeah. Like as I sort of mentioned, that, that's why I'm grateful for them. That's why I speak mm. so highly of them. Is because I'm blessed. Like yeah. I grew up in a beautiful town of Wollongong. Mm. I've got amazing friends, amazing family, and you know, good little. Um, community down there as well. And so yeah. it's like a home away from home for me now. Yeah. So I now actually live in Sydney. Yeah. Up here in Bondi, where we are. Yeah. Um, so I just see Wollongong as my my skate. Yeah. I actually yeah. went to Wollongong last night, the night of recording yeah. this, and ran one of my mental health workshops for yeah. the crew down at Sandon Point at Thrall, um, yep. which is cool. So Beautiful. Small little yeah. throw in plug to show that I was there yesterday. But absolutely. Let's talk about high school. That's kind of the years where we begin to develop as yeah. sort of humans, as young men and yeah. the way that you held yourself on the show, I think will be a testament to your upbringing. Obviously yeah, being sure. brought up by your mom and your nonna when you're young, yeah. having your stepdad, what were those development years like in high school for yeah. you? Um, I think I had a very interesting run in high school. I'd say I would have been called the unpopular kid until probably year nine. Not like full out, outcast, but like I wasn't exactly, I don't even know what you'd call it, like, you know, the cool in the cool group mm. or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, and sort of sat on the edge a little bit. Don't really know what that was, just sort of the way my personality is. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, I don't know, I was a bit of, I was pretty, I think I've always have been, I don't know, you probably could have noticed, like I'm pretty like bubbly, full on yeah. character. I think I used to be a lot more of that when I was younger. So people were kind of a little bit standoffish of that. Uh-huh. So I definitely went through some interesting years, early years in high school where I was like, you know, you'd say a little bit of bullying and stuff yeah. like that through the, through the early ages of high school. And then I think I eventually kind of came into my own and really, I guess, just kind of accepted myself and yeah. just had fun with it come the later years of high school. Yeah. And through that time, you know, I was, um, my outlets were sport. Um, hold on, little boy. Got, got a little doggo just 
sprinting games, right? around. He's just trying to. <laughs> He's my best friend. The little Finn here, for um, those listening in, is uh, my little dog who I've had for five years and he's just, five years and he's just, I don't even know how to explain him. He's just like a ball of energy. The second someone walks into this house, he is ready to play with these balls. Oh, like, go, go, go. There you go there, mate. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, growing up around that time, my outlets were always sport. Yeah. And the people that perpetuated those sports and really, it really was my grandma and nonna. Um, she was the one that, so my uncle was a, um, professional athlete in triathlons. Cool. So he was a a swimmer, runner, bike rider, obviously. Um, now he just rides bikes all the time, like a maniac. And he was a marathon runner at one point as well. So Nonna was kind of ingrained in that culture already. Um, she wanted to keep it running with the next generation. So, um, I came along and I was straight into surf club, straight into skiing, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, basically everything in between um so a lot of my outlets in life uh, at those early years mm. and one of the i guess i think a real character building point for me is i actually got to see a lot because i had a lot of various groups of friends mm. um i was you know there's a lot of people that are just sort of stuck to their friend group at school and that was kind of it yeah but because i was down at jindabine skiing i was um surf club with a whole different crew i was at school with a whole different crew etc etc mm. i think i just got introduced to a lot more yeah and just kind of build my own character through that yeah i feel a lot of similarities that i feel like mm. that's probably why we're friends and that's seems yeah. a very similar person you yep, know what i mean moved to sydney me and him just ran into each other one night and i think a week later he was living on my couch for a year <laughs> i totally forgot that he lived with you for a year and that's right and that like, was early was that when he first yeah moved that up? was like when he first moved to sydney oh yeah crazy but anyway, enough about Sam. No, no. I <laughs> so, bet you'll love it, but... <laughs> oh, you will love it. Shout out to Sam. I'll have to have Sam on. He's a successful little yeah, partner as he's, well, he's he? doing well with his little, um, uh, what is it, the tech. scoring yeah, tech, tech business. business. Yeah. Doing it all. But let's continue with your story. Yeah, man. As you kind of got to the end of high school, what were yep. the goals and aspirations being a young, yep. sporty sort of guy? Yeah, uh, I guess this was a... The end of high school was a really interesting change for me because... I was a semi-professional skier, snow skier all through high school. You know, I went to the Youth Olympics in 2011 and I was in and out of, um, in the, uh, I would chase the winter. Essentially, I didn't see summer in Australia for, oh, probably like six years. Wow. Yeah, like I saw snippets of it on either end, Crazy. but I was um, three to four months overseas and then. And that was when you just year. finished high school or your last few that years That was the last three, three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. The big culture shock for me was that I got a few injuries right at the very end of high school. Just after I went to Youth Olympics, I had to get like an ankle recoil and my knee was gone. So, and not that I couldn't ski on them, but there was going to be a big buffer what time. What discipline were you doing? Um, I was in ski cross. Okay. Yeah. So, for those that don't know, listening, same as BMX, four people on a track, skiing down and you're not allowed to hit each other and just... Don't die. Just get to the bottom as quick as you can. It's actually crazy. I'm recording a podcast tomorrow morning with Ben Tudhope, who just got Paralympian of the Year, and he's bought across. Yep. So within 48 hours, I love a couple oh, of yeah. youth and Paralympians <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. But yeah, oh, keep yeah. going. So <clears throat> yeah, injuries at the end of high school. Yeah, and um, I, I guess I needed a summer. I knew that. You know, all the time without summers was definitely getting to me a little bit. And I know I needed a break. Yeah. And then there was a lot of other factors that came in after that. You know, I had to start thinking about my future career. Mm. You know, what's what's going to be next for me? What am I going to be doing? Um, uh, so for me, that was going to uni. 
Yeah. And I had to start, you know, doing all the uni stuff and doing that. And I was like, okay, how can I fit skiing into this? And then also, how can I afford skiing? Mm. Skiing in Australia, so expensive. Not even a little bit cheap. Like, um, you let alone the cost of just being in Australia, to be able to be a successful skier, you actually have to go overseas every single year mm. <clears throat> for minimum three months a year. Crazy. The best are over there six months of the year, you know? Oh, They're being chasing an Aussie is an impossible task. Like Maddie Cox is one of my ambassadors yep. who's went to the Olympics for Australia yep. in snowboard slope style. Mm-hmm. And he was chatting to me last year and he was like, oh man, I'm spewing. I can't go to the last event of the world champs because I can't afford it. I'm like, this guy's the best in our country at a sport and he's the only Aussie that went in that discipline and he can't even get sponsorship or funding to get to an event to a world championship event. I was just like, fuck, it's crazy. Blows me away that it's still like that in Australia as well. I mean there was there's a little bit more now. There's a lot of sponsorship with um I'm sure you'd know um Matt Graham and stuff like that that in the um in the moguls. Yeah. Mogul guys. Me and Sam grew up with them in in the skiing world. And they're going real well, like world champs and stuff yeah. like that, like doing really well. But the weird thing, I've always thought this is a little bit strange about how... Um, oh, look at this fit, Finn. <laughs> I've always, he just doesn't stop. Um, one of the weirdest things I've found in sport in Australia, I think it's kind of all over the world, but um, the amount of funding that you will get for a sport is based on the people that predecessed you. Mm-hmm. And it always has been. Yeah. So it's the same if, in surfing. Yeah. So obviously Australia, we've got the most funding for things like swimming, tennis, um, surfing will probably be up there. Surfing's doing like, well. BMX yeah. and skating just got heaps because they just won gold medals. Exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. And it's all based on what happened at the last Olympics mm. uh, for the next Olympics and to be able to you know boost the country up. Yeah. So if you've got a country that only gets snow for two, three months a year, but you've mm. got someone that's phenomenal at it, yeah. but no one's ever succeeded at it. Yeah succeeded very hard to break through how you yeah how are you going to break through unless your family's got um exuberant amounts of money yeah yeah it's a weird little sport is like it's a conversation i could talk about for hours because it's like sport and funding and lack of funding in mm -hmm. different areas and i mean i could talk about it for hours with surfing as well yeah absolutely travel the world without anyway yeah no it's (laughs) true it's true yeah it's really interesting see i didn't know that about your story Mm. a pro pro skier and stuff you still love getting down the snow every season oh man uh, skiing holds such a special part in my heart like although i can't do it um professionally anymore like i will it's like i'm looking forward to those months of the year every year Mm. when there's snow down there i'll do the friday night long haul five hour drive yeah almost six hours from here actually and then you stay there two nights. I'll just couch surf if I have to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then um, back on Sunday night, back to work on Monday. Oh, like, you can't beat it. Oh, gnarly. It's a, I, I love it too. I think yeah, it's the I best know. thing ever. Well, Sam got me into it. I didn't go for my first time until Sam took me. Really? Yeah, I went for the first time to the snow you with Sam when I was like 18. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, move forward. Next yeah. chapter, going yeah. to uni and stuff. Yeah. What made you choose what you did at uni and were you happy with the decision yeah. that you made it? I actually bounced between a few things at uni. So my first few years at uni were, in hindsight, I probably should have taken some time, taken a break from school and really aligned with what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, but what I actually did was I took some time um, after my first six months of uni. So I started doing electrical engineering uh-huh. and I had to do computer programming and I sucked at it. <laughs> I was so bad. And I decided to, you know what, this isn't for me. So I ended up going lifeguarding for a season um, at the end of that year. Um, took that six months off, 
and was like, all right, what do I want to do? I spoke to my mum. My mum's always been a bit of a guiding light for me in terms of like career progression. She's done so much in her life. So it's been really good. I've been bouncing Mm. off her a lot. And she had done um, commerce majoring in marketing. And I was like, look, I don't know a great deal about marketing, but finance subjects and commerce were always my best at school. So Mm. why not jump in? I started off just going to the commerce degree and I didn't have to specialize into which, I think I fell under the marketing banner, but I was never going to, um, finish in marketing. It was about figuring out as I did the subjects, yeah. which direction I'd take. Finn, I'm just going to kick him outside quickly. <laughs> Finn. Uh, Sorry, buddy. We'll let you back in shortly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so first few years at uni, bounced around um, moving up in that sort of commerce chain and then ended up landing on financial planning. And it was kind of really random how I landed on it because I was at that crux. After your first few years in a commerce degree, um, the first two years or something are all pretty much the same yeah. on all the degrees because it's just like generic subjects. And then it specializes in the last two years based mm-hmm. on whatever your major is. So I got to that last, just before that last two-year period and I was thinking, all right, like what do I actually want to do here? Like where am I going? I'm not going to be a marketer i don't really understand it's not really my passion um and all i could think about was i love speaking to people like helping people and i'm good at numbers Mm. so where do they link up yeah um mind you i should probably mention during this time like during the time of uni i was working in cafes i was working in um nightclubs doing a lot of djing as well and stuff like that so i knew that my passion from that was just like meeting people yeah chatting and stuff like that it was ingrained so whatever i was going to be doing was going to be that yeah um and i landed on i literally got out the uh university of Wollongong handbook of like all the things they have in the school of business and just started reading it um and i landed on financial planning and financial planning in a nutshell was meeting someone um discussing what their needs are helping them out building a relationship with them over a long period of time and um hopefully well definitely putting them in a better financial position at the end of the day beautiful i love that it's really nice to see people when they can marry together like a passion and what they're good at and it sounds like you've landed on something yeah exactly there which is really cool what was that? How long have you been? And then when you finished uni, what yeah, was the um, progression from there? Yeah, so finished uni. I think I was working part time in a bank for my last year of uni. Just um, I wanted to work in the industry. I was never planning on landing in a bank, but it was sort of a stepping stone. Yeah. And so that last year of uni was coming up, and I knew that I needed to push that direction. And then the second I finished the degree was when I knew that I had to move into the financial planning industry. Yeah. So I. Um, scooted up to Sydney pretty much. I was, wasn't was living up here then. I got a job up here because um, there's no jobs in Wollongong for yeah. financial planning. Um, scooted up here, uh, was doing the commute. So literally two hours up, two hours back every single day. I did it for three months and I just thought, oh, I can't do this for life. Um, I genuinely like can't justify 20 hours a week sitting on a train. I mean, people that do it, good on them, like, I don't no, know how you do yeah, it. Like, I, I couldn't know. do it, man. I was missing okay. my... In winter, I never saw the sun. Wow. So I, the only time I'd see the sun is through the um, window of the train, the train oh. in between the train station in my office and out the window of my office. Oh. So I was never... Unless there was a week... Like, obviously, on the weekends. But mm. 
I remember the, the first month that that was happening in winter, it rained all month as well. So, so I couldn't even like do anything with that. It was oh. just like dark. How do you like stay? Were you going to like the gym at lunchtime or anything? Yeah. Or you- yeah. I had a boxing gym that I went to in the city at lunchtime. I'm working in the city here and I would just, uh, I did that for a good 12 months. It ended up being a really good time to work out. I still swear by that. Like yeah. going for a run or working out in the middle of the day breaks up your day so well. Yeah, it's and interesting. I fully rate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never really worked a nine to five office job, yeah, so true. I can't really, comp- <laughs> I can't really speak for much from experience. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, I'm like, it seems like a good way to break up the day if you get yeah. like your hour lunch break, go and do something for exactly productive for your health and eat mm. something healthy. Well, that's what I do. I just go for a run. Um, usually, uh, along the city there, I'm just near Circular Key. I go up around the Opera House and. I use the botanical gardens and back and do like a five or seven K run. Yeah. And it's perfect. Like breaks up your day. Yeah. I feel like you get the blood flowing. I hate sitting down all day. Yeah. Which is one of the maybe detriments to me working a nine to five. Like yeah. it does my head in, but as long as you get up and moving, absolutely I'm fine with it. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into it. Maths. Yeah, we're going to do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> so first of all, were you a fan of the show? So for anyone out there who isn't, from Australia or who doesn't watch much yep. TV, Maths is married at first sight. Yep. It's a TV show. You can explain what the show is and well, if you've yeah. heard it before. Yeah. Well, question. Then, Have you ever watched it before? Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces? I actually watched a few of the... I think I watched a few episodes in the very first season. It seemed a bit yeah. more trying to make people fall in love. Like there was older yeah. couples and whatnot, whereas yeah. now it just seems like... Uh, it's got this kind of image of people just trying to go on there to become famous, which I'll talk to you about. But mm. let's, um, yeah, yeah so were you a fan of the show? Maybe explain what the show is. You go on and get look, married at first sight. To answer your question, probably similar boat to you, uh, bits and pieces. I'd watch the show. I had seen a few episodes of the previous season, or like not even, I'd never watched a full episode. My roommates um, were, and his partner at the time, were addicted to it at the last season. They were watching it nonstop. So I remember, I remember this clear as day. I would walk into the living room. They would be watching it, and then I would go, "Cool, you're watching that. I want to go to my bedroom and do something else." <laughs> so I just, I purposefully didn't want to watch the show. It didn't interest me at all. Yeah. Then I guess the the question to follow that's like, how the hell did I end up on it? Yeah. You know? Um, and a few. We'll get into more detail, I guess, but sort of from a really, really basic sense, um, a few of my friends tagged me in the application thing that popped up on socials. And from there, I was like, all right, like right, I'll give it a look and see what it is. And I started filling out the questions and it's pretty big question. Yeah, yeah. When you first I know the it. application for these things are crazy. Yeah. I did one for Big Brother one submission. Yeah, it's huge. And then I had to do a little video at the end. Um as I started answering the questions, I think I kind of like convinced myself more and more that this is like a, you know, it's like it, it got my juices thinking about relationships and what I'm looking for. Cause a lot of the questions were like, mm. what are you looking for in a relationship? Blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you like as a person? What would you look for in another person? Um, and it just got that thought process rolling. And I've always been an individual, like I'm always on that like, search for someone like i know that like you know i want to settle down one day i want to have the kids i want to have a family i want to i want to be in that relationship um i didn't know i was going to try and do it on national tv <laughs> you know what had you had many relationships before it? one major one and uh following that so that was 
um, till about the age of 25. Or th- no, 24. I don't know. I finished four years ago. A while ago. Yeah, yeah. 20, 23 I was and then, yeah, 10, 25. So, yeah, we had a big four-year relationship right when I was about two or three years, like the tail end of my uni years. Yeah. Um, did that. We had... We had the house together, like didn't buy the house, we were renting. Yeah. Um, had the dog together, dog that is currently my little boy. He was uh, originally a, a family dog. And there was a bit of a breakdown there, not in a bad way, but, you know, we fell out of love. Yeah. Like, you know, it was a younger relationship than we realized just wasn't for us. Yeah. And that was okay. I'm still like good friends with it to this day. Cool. But that, that was the big major one. And then following that, I've, I was dating I was doing all the stuff. I was doing the like the dating apps for a while, and I hated them. Like, mm. I think they're rubbish. You meet uh, someone, and it's always a fling that lasts a week or two, or a month or two. Then you both find the next one. Yeah, the next, like, it's always the next best thing. Mm. You know, I've got a lot to say about those apps. I think they're really detrimental to dating, and it ruins the idea of like really getting you putting well, yourself out there. Mm. It's like lazy dating, and yeah. the, the amount and how easy it is to move on to the next best thing. Uh, uh, and for people like you and myself who have confidence like yeah. using those apps is just like cheating it's like oh, if you've got confidence and use that i get it if you're somebody who struggles to yeah maybe open go up and say hi to somebody in yep. public which i know you're probably very similar but i'm yeah. like that too i'm very happy to go and start a conversation yep. with anyone yeah absolutely so like really we don't really need the apps it's just yeah. kind of like cheating. it's just like yeah it's just like a, a level of just kind of like Feels shallow. Exactly. That's it's what it exactly is. Right. It's just like there's no real connection. Yeah, no. And I was feeling that, you know, it'd been three years that I'd um uh sort of recognized that I'm not actually sticking with anything here. Like I've done little three month flings, like some sort of relationships that were kind of almost relationships, and then either I would be um, you know, they would tell me that this isn't for me, or I'd realise it wasn't for me, and then mm. I was going on this cycle. Yeah. And sort of coming back to why I applied is that as I was recognizing those cycles that I'd been through, I kind of realized that the only common factor in all of that was me. Mm. And so maybe by doing something like this and committing to something like this, I'm going to figure out the reason that that is and figure out the, you know, the reason behind why I'm not really making that full connection. Yeah. And so when the opportunity was placed in front of me, um, you know, after some, there's a bit of, uh, you know, you see, you do these uh, psychological tests yeah. and stuff like that leading into it because they got to match you up and mm. um, they learn about your interests with, through a few meetings and yeah. stuff like that. Anyway, that goes for about, you know, the better part of a month, not like full on a month, but like, but you yeah, know, you're doing things over a month. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And um, then they go either, yeah, we want you on or we don't. And if it's a yes, it's like, we'll contact you. Um, if we find you a match, so oh, that that's okay. the thing. So they they'll agree to like the individual, and they they probably would have been like maybe uh, I'm sure they'd have backups. Mm. Like you know, they probably would have been like thirty people where they're like, yeah, I'd be happy to have these people on the show, yeah. like thirty guys and thirty girls. Then they got to they both have to say yeah, yes, and yeah. if someone drops out, I'm sure they got to have backups yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so getting on is pretty tough. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, I don't actually know the exact numbers, but I heard there's like 30,000, 40,000 people that apply wow. every single year. Needle yeah. in the haystack. I want to put a quick yeah. side note in there about yeah, yeah, yeah. dating apps real quickly. Yeah, yeah, Have you heard right. of Raya? No, what's that? Oh, interesting. Probably a lot of people are going to hear about this on this podcast for the first time. So there's this dating app called Raya. 
R-A-Y-A that you have to put in your like social handles and you have to get accepted. It's super, I mean, it's not super wanky to be honest. It's kind of nice. It kind of just weeds out illegitimate people. And it's like kind of the whole app is basically like as wanky as it sounds, like somewhat people with success or profile and you go and it's like, global rather than yep. thing i just wanted to side know that because i yeah. did meet a girl on that and date her for years from america and then i also met my good friend who's sitting next to us while i recorded she looked over at me when i was ragging dating apps and she's <laughs> we became very close from meeting on raya so i will put a side note dating apps i feel like dating apps like tinder and bumble and those ones that are your yep. immediate location trying to yeah hook up or is that like how you are Sort of conversation. Yeah, it's a really good point. It's a really good... I don't want to fully diss them. Exactly. So, Ryan yeah. is like international. So, like... Yeah. I've, the two amazing women that I'd met from Raya were international where I'd connected and spoken to for a long time before right. I met them. It wasn't like, oh, let's meet up. Yeah. But anyway, let's keep going on to the show. I just wanted to sign no, no, out no, that because no. I think a lot of people will find Raya. Go and search it up. It's crazy that there's no marketing. Ooh, yeah. It's crazy. Maybe that's part of their premise. I, I think it is. It's, yeah. it's meant to be this like secretive, like secret society for like, yeah, you go yeah. through it and there's like Cara Delevingne, like all like famous people from all around the world. Like it's oh, super gnarly. Shit. It's interesting. Anyway, oh, look at it just like yeah, it's genuinely really curious. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had it for a while, but it's um, it's interesting. Mm. It's, a, it's a cool platform. Yeah. It's just a lot more creative. Like you make a it's video cool. with a song and it's a lot more like, yeah. Creative entrepreneurial sort of vibes. But nice. anyway, enough about dating apps. <laughs> yeah, that's still it's just very interesting to sort of hear and get an understanding of like what people are using these days and what yeah. like how that works. Well, I heard about that years ago. It's weird. It's been around for a while, this yeah, right. thing. It's and um, you're right, I've never seen it. So. Exactly. It's it's interesting. Like mm. more like the States and stuff. It's big in like LA and Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, it's just that kind of upper class world's dating app. Yeah. It's like 10 bucks a month or something. But yeah, the yeah. quality of people is insane. But anyway, let's go yeah. on to yeah, that application process. So yeah. getting so, in, in close to impossible, but what was it like when you got that phone call and they're like, you're on yeah. the show, mate? Literally, I um, I took a step and I got the phone call one afternoon I was driving and I did not commit to it straight away. I said, I need to think about this. And I, cause I was shook and I called my mom and I called one of my best mates. Call mum. I was like, all right. Like, so I may have been accepted because I was under an NDA at this point. I wasn't allowed to say what show and, you know, what it was. But I was like, I've been accepted to this and certain TV show. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take, you know, three months of my life away and I'm going to be doing this. Um, It is a dating show. What's your thoughts? Um, and my mum was a little bit hesitant. She was giving me both sides. She was like, what an experience, what an opportunity, but also like, what about your career? What about your job? And then the flip side, I called my mates and they were just cheering. Yes, we told you to go, go, go. No way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it took me about a week or two to get back to them and really like run through my head. Or, yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't that long. So I had to be at the show within two weeks or three weeks. It's a quick turnaround when they mm. give you the call. Um, so within like a week and a bit, I was... Um, uh, accepted, paperwork done, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Mm, gnarly. So ready to rock and roll is first day. <laughs> first day is the day you get married. Oh, no. So you take the first day, you have some other sort of commitments, yeah. meeting the dudes. And yeah. what was it like that first night meeting all the guys? Yeah, it's a weird scenario. Dynamic, again, yeah. I, I actually didn't understand what they meant by Bucks Night because I've never watched a goddamn show. <laughs> and it's just where you meet all the other grooms, obviously. But um, yeah, got into it. Um, 
everyone seemed pretty nice. Like we got along pretty well. There's a few left field people and a bunch of clashing personalities and you could sort of see why and how they put people together, but it's very surface value. Yeah. Like we only met him for two, three hours. Um, and you do the thing called Voxies after that where you just talk to a, a camera. Yeah, the camera. It's like... In a room. Yeah, in a room. And they ask you a few questions, you answer. And so that's like a little taste of what's to come. And then you get given the date that your wedding's on and you just got a break. Like uh, I had like a week break until mm. that happened. Wedding day comes. Camera crew, 6 a.m., your house. Um you're doing all this pre-filming stuff and see, hey, feeling what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Get in the car, drive to the venue, wait at the venue for a while. There is a lot of waiting. Yeah. They, they take great care of you, but there is a lot of waiting with, with TV. And so then is there like multiple shots and like we're going to do that one again. Yeah, so. correct. So was there, that's one thing to mention. So was there ever any scripting or acting? No, but sometimes to get different shots, you'd have to repeat something. So they do it naturally the first time and that's mm. where all the conversation would come from. And then they'd be like, now walk down the aisle again because we're going to be behind you this time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's sort of, that would happen at the, at the wedding. So the yeah. wedding was this massive day, like uh, 6 a.m. they rocked up and they didn't leave the place till 11 o'clock at night or 10.45. Wow. Yeah. And from that day, that's the first day you meet your, it's not a legally binding yeah, yeah, wife, yeah. but they call it an on-screen wife. Yeah. You meet them, you turn around and you go, here we go. You what? either, you know, they naturally whatever occurs occurs. Yeah. They they don't tell you what to do. They just sort of say like, just turn around when the celebrant's the one that tells you to turn mm. around, and you just turn around and whatever happens happens. What was that like the first time you turned around so dumb? I remember clear as day, just before I turned around, my knees were um, quite literally yeah Shuddering. yeah, and then I tried to flip my weight from one foot to the other and the other one would just start going. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to stop this. Um, but yeah, turn around, saw Dom, she had a massive smile on her face and I was, I was so lucky and blessed that we both just got along. That's epic. Like, that's the only thing I could have asked for because we got along straight away. We realized that we both love dogs. Um, I don't eat meat, neither did she. That was kind of like... And it's just like those little things to break the ice. Yeah. And they did. And we got along with them. We both had Italian heritage. And so we so just kind of clicked. they match up quite well. Yeah, yeah, they did. In my case, look, I don't know, and I can't say whether they do it for every case, but in mine, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you want to throw the ball for the dog maybe yeah, for yeah. 15 minutes outside? Sorry, yeah. That's all right. A, <laughs> I'll go through this door because that one just it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you've walked down the aisle. You've met Dom for the first time. Yeah. What was that first day like getting to know someone mm. knowing like, huh, they've matched me up perfectly. Yeah. How well do I know myself? Yeah. Compared to these love experts and like, mm-hmm. yeah, what was that for? It's Because um, you it's, want to get to know the person, but it's all on camera. So it's like. Yeah, it's nerve-wracking. Like mm. and it's a big culture shock as well. So, um so A, you're living with the person from day dot. That's yeah. not a word of light. If I needed to, there were other bedrooms like to sleep in. Yeah. But you're living with them and yeah. me and her were both like, Yeah, same bed, we're going yeah. for it, let's do it. Who's got married for God's sakes? Like yeah. why not throw throw everything in? Um and the culture shock part of it is yeah, there's cameras around watching what you're doing. Yeah. Like at all times. And like cameras a, in the place when no, you move in no, or the camera brother. people come in, not big brother, not yeah. big brother. So camera people come in and 
you have a producer around who kind of tells you, you're not allowed to talk about like big things off camera. So after the wedding day, they leave you like, they, you know, yeah, you get to know the person. Yeah. yeah. You get to know them. You have to, they've got these, you just start talking, blah, 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 blah. And after the wedding night, you have a little chat, you can do whatever you want. Like it's literally, uh, it's not a big brother scenario. It's just like, it's meant to be imitating that real yeah, wedding. Yeah. Like, um, except that you've just met the person. Yeah, so yeah. naturally whatever happens, happens. You wake up the next day and you are in a car off to your honeymoon. And that's the real, I think the building blocks of your relationship are built in that sort of period. Yeah. Because you've got essentially, I think it was four or five nights or something to actually really get to know someone. Because it's quite hard on the wedding day because you're doing so much and going back and forth. You can only learn snippets yeah. and you're buggered by the end of the day. Like, I don't yeah. even know, we talk much, we'll just conked yeah. out. But the honeymoon's like, you got nothing but time between you and your partner. Now we were also there with the producer, um, one cameraman, one audio guy, and that was it. And the whole project, cool. and we we're on this massive, beautiful property down in um, uh, the southern coastline, um, just below Wollongong there near Jamboree, and it was just I was unreal, like farm. Um, there was uh, so many animals, all that kind Sick. of stuff, and we clicked over all those little things, and um, just took the time to get to know. Her. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. That right. sounds like a cool experience, like that you both kind of went in there with a very similar mindset. Yeah. Because watching the small amounts of the show I did watch, right, I remember yeah. watching an episode with like one of the opening couples and one of the persons, like someone cut the cake wrong and it was like this big deal. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, are you fucking serious? How are you like that bent out over shape over someone cutting something wrong? It's cutting I'm like, a cake. I'm still <laughs> this day. I watched that and I was sitting there like, oh, 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 what? Like, <laughs> oh, but there, there was lots of moments here I am looking like I've watched the whole show, but if you might, hey, this is here we go. I, I'm, I'm actually man. a closet mask fan. <laughs> I know everyone. <laughs> but yeah, so I want to know just a little bit about when you're on the show, how long's the period of filming? Because you obviously uh, have to take yeah. time off work. Yeah. You have to put pause on the rest of your life. You can't mm-hmm. tell or talk to anyone about what you're doing. Like it must yeah. be weird. So um, we are lucky enough that in maths, it's one of the easy going shows in terms of I am allowed to have a phone. Yeah, a lot of shows don't. Yeah, true. Um, I'm allowed to talk to family and friends, although not allowed to talk to them about anything that's happening on the your show. Your mum doesn't even know what show you're on. Um, at this no, time, no, she, she doesn't. No, no, no. <laughs> she didn't know. Oh, well, she's been. Um, she she, she get the, married. She true. was at the wedding, so that's. So when, when did she, you get to tell your parent? Like, when did you have to tell your friend? You, just before. The what? The day before? Like, hey, you got to uh, come. It was about three days before. Yeah, I had to invite them. I did it over Zoom. No way. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, how was Sam when you told him? Did he? <laughs> so I told um, told Sam, um, Jared Peskid, one of my other mates. He was the one that convinced me to go on the show, so he already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam knew something was up, but I didn't tell him what. Um, because the second I tell Sam, yeah, yeah. lots of other people yeah. know. <laughs> Kit knows and everyone. Yeah, knows. exactly. Um, so that's what happens. Uh, then I told him, and Kit was there as well. I told them both. And um, he blew up and Kit blew up in the background. Why are you doing that? No, like in a good way, man. In a good way. They were just like screaming, cheering, like, yes. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Kit was going on about how her and all her friends have a group chat or something and they talk about it all the time. They love it. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Sam, I want you to be there. Um, We got three hours. I didn't really have like... um, 
kind of had like Jared as my best man, but it's kind of it was all just kind of the same. Yeah. Like I don't really. Yeah. There was no pecking order yeah. for me. I just wanted there my three major mates that yeah. I wanted there. I wanted a lot more, but we were during COVID at this yeah, time. Yeah. And unfortunately, like you know, without really bringing up the COVID stuff, but it's pretty imperative to understand the the mindset of the first month of the show. Mm. Um, the first month we were still in lockdown, and we weren't allowed out of the the maths bubble we called it. Yeah. So depending on where you were, we were obviously at the wedding, then down south, then straight to Sky Suites, <coughs> which is in Sydney City, where they filmed all the. Um, uh, it's where you live for. No way. Um, yeah, if you last the whole way, yeah, I think it's total of. September, first week of September, I got there and I got out last week of December. Oh, so you were like, yeah. what are you doing though? If you're not working during this time, just every day they're filming a five different days scene. A week. Five days a week. Without fail. We had a few days off in between and sometimes you'd film on a weekend day. But, but like, what would you fail. do on your weekend? Still just be able to go and well, see your normal life? So you? going back to, no, going back to the COVID restrictions. So for the first month, we weren't allowed out of our rooms unless we had a chaperone and it was for one hour a day. A day. There were there was a gym. So you really got to know your partner. <laughs> and you I went nuts, man. Like yeah. it, it's quite a it was quite an anxiety inducing time. Like mm. my mental health wasn't too good at the end of that four weeks. I bet. Like, it was tough. I'm an I'm an outdoorsy guy. Mm. I love just doing things, doing whatever. And I was locked up in this room. And and, with somebody you know, that you just met. Yeah. yeah. And look, we were getting along and we and whatnot, but like 23 hours a day with one person Gnarly. in in a room in four walls. Like it's not- Was it just foil. a room? Or is it like it's an a, apartment or? We were lucky. We had like a smallish apartment. Did have a split bedroom. Yeah. A little balcony. Um, and then like a living room, kitchen, sort of all as one. Yeah. So like small, not big, but it'd be like the size of the room we're in now in terms of living room and kitchen. And mm. then like- bedrooms so yeah the total thing's probably about this yeah crazy so it's not huge man not huge. so that's nice so that long like months of just months, like and man. what were the days filled with just going and doing stuff uh, and filming meeting up with the other couples or not really or not as much as you'd think yeah. um and going and doing not as much as you'd think either just sitting around it um a lot of it's like um different tasks from the experts to build your relationship um so they would and a lot of it doesn't get with, aired obviously huh yeah yeah, yeah. like only you can One imagine of your five days a week might get aired. That's your like episode for the week. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we're filming five days. There's four episodes a week when they release yeah. it. And they only go for uh, 45 minutes. And yeah. Like 10 yeah. Minutes, oh, an hour. And they got how many couples? Um, at the biggest point, there was 11. Wow. And they're probably filming at least eight or nine of them a day. Crazy. So hours and hours of footage, man. Yeah. Hours. Thousands of hours. Yeah. yeah like, you know, it's lives like people's lives for mm. three months of their life um Crazy. all on footage and they can only they can only choose so much and i think that's where people get confused as well when you start talking about like the edit versus yeah. um what it actually is so absolutely they to just sort of set that story straight it's like there's they don't twist things they don't turn things they, they just can have only, so much to choose from yeah there's only so much they can fit in mm. so they have to choose their storyline exactly and that's just the way it works. Otherwise, that TV show, if they were to do it with everything in it, would still be running now. Like, it would go for, like, all year. Years. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's it's not possible. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's um, it sounds like it would have been a crazy experience. Yeah, man. Something I want to touch on, those dinner mm. parties. <laughs> like yeah. Just a nightmare. But there's obviously one thing that kind of went super viral, the yep. way that you dealt with stuff. Yeah. With this one situation. 
when did you find out that Dom had an OnlyFans? Yeah. Um, I found out, we're on, I know we're on the honeymoon. Yeah. So I don't know which day, but that's that's week one. So she just told huh? she was like, oh, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking, cool. we were just, um, this wasn't on camera. This was sort of, we we're talking about, I forget, we're, talk, we're in the bed, um, talking about our past, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she was like, look, I did do this um, during COVID. Because I, oh, I think we're talking about like what she does for work. Yeah. Um, and then she mentioned that she was in makeup and then COVID shut that down. So she had to move to hospitality and then lockdowns yeah, further, yeah. shut that down. And she was like, well, you know what? I actually did an OnlyFans for a little bit as well during 2020. Because she had rent to pay, she had bloody yeah. bills to pay. And she, I was just like, awesome. Go for it. <laughs> Make some money, who cares? It's like, I literally couldn't care less. Like, yeah. Anyway, so she told me back then. Then there was this big blow up about it um, in week, I don't know, like essentially two months down the track when some other people in the show have found out, brought it to light portrayed it in whatever way they have and shared it around and stuff like that. And it was made out to be this massive thing. And Whereas think, for you two, it was just like, well, I already know. Yeah. She's already told me that it's, it's yeah. like a non-topic at all for no. you guys, but everyone else tried to make it out to be a topic yeah. because of their self-beliefs of what exactly. that is. And mm. that's what made that a really difficult situation because everyone was talking. There was a few people that didn't know, um, you know, without going into details in yeah. the show, like, there's a few people that didn't know and they were fine, but such a large percentage of the group had mm. been talking about it, discussing it, what's going on and like going back and forth about it. But realistically, like it's irrelevant to them. It's mm. it's in the past. It's two years ago um, for one or like a year ago. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's in the past for one. It's got nothing to do with you. And if that was... Dom back then, her choice to do that, one of the things that was brought up, which we actually touched on briefly off air, was, um, you know, why is it their burning desire to actually tell me? Yeah. Why do I need to know? Yeah, it's like you're not friends with them. Like you're trying to make out... They're like looking for a moment to act like the hero to tell you something. Yeah, but why? Yeah, but exactly why. It's like, well, yeah. you're not my friend anyway. Like, I don't care. I'm here to try and become partners with this chick. You trying to break that up is just the. Yeah. It's just an example and a great demonstration of the sort of person that some of the other couples and people were on that show. Like, but even broadly about the issue and the systemic issue that mm. people have against or. Um, you know, the mentality behind the way that mm. people do these these OnlyFans accounts, they, whatever the hell they want to do, it doesn't matter like what mm. platform it is. But like the bigger issue that was sort of, and why I think it's really become such a prominent topic following yeah. the show is the idea that a lot of, it's women predominantly, but I'm sure there's many out there that this happened to, but women specifically have like really um, struggled with the, the idea of things like, and it's shit to say there's stuff like revenge porn that happens. Mm. There's the um, the idea of because they've done that, it means very specific connotations about them as a person. Oh, it's- or when for me and for at least Dom, I know, and for everyone else, like, and this is one of the things she actually, after the show, she made these shirts saying, my body, my choice. Yeah. And it is like specifically females in this scenario should be empowered to simply do whatever they want. Yeah. Like it's, it is their body. It yeah. is their choice. Absolutely. Right. I, I completely 100% agree. And yeah. 
the way that I don't even know what's the name Olivia the other two. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to make it about her, but like, if it was flipped and it was like a like the opposite way around, mm. and it was like a guy, the guys were all sharing out in the photos of like a chick's OnlyFans. It's like Gosh. big legal repercussions, but because it was her, she kind of like it was more about her just being a bitch than her uh, doing something super illegal. And yeah, it was more about the relationship demographic between those mm. two and how it worked up, and then the the idea that she said I didn't share it maliciously, yeah. and then oh my friends found it and stuff. Yeah, and it's just the bu- caught in the bullshit. It was just it was like, all ugh. it's so messy, and and I think it's like. You know, she's obviously a part of it, but the way the whole group dealt with that in that scenario was pretty morbid. Like, yeah, genuinely. it's so dumb. But the way you held yourself through it was like such a testament to your character and the Thanks, sort of because it's like so easily misconstrued, obviously mm. in TV. But the way that you came across and the way that you held yourself through that situation was mm. just like I was watching it like, yes, Jack. Like <laughs> you couldn't come off as a better bloke in the situation you'd been put in that you had no. And then even the other situation. Where the chick tried to, that same chick, eh? Tried to like tell Dom, tell you that oh. Dom said you're a shit rude. Yeah, and <laughs> then like, there was this- But the funny thing is, with guys with this whole thing about like being a shit rude or a quick yeah. rude, I feel like once you get past twenty one, guys like joke about it with themselves anyway, oh, yeah. like paying yourself out. So, I do. Yeah, yeah, I always say that I'm a shit rude. Yeah, dude, it's like it's like a funny little like yeah. What really got me about that scenario was once again we're back in an ideal that like. There's dramas happening between, so in, in that example, between Dom and Olivia and they were going back and forth, but I've got ammo on her husband, which I know will hurt her. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. That was a, that was a shit dig. Yeah. It's just Real like. Real shit dig. Um, uh, and yeah, like stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand. I simply just don't understand. Man. But I think it just speaks. <clears throat> speaks for the show as a whole as where it seems mm. to be going compared to where it started the idea yeah. of making a show for love compared to making a show for drama yeah and then it attracts people like that who are on there to create drama which fire out a backfired for her yeah. but anyway it, it worked out very well for you and dom because you guys are yeah. good people and i mean yeah. i'm yet to meet dom but i'm sure i will soon yeah, you will. but yeah it was really cool to see how you held yourself through the show what was it like at the end of the show because there's obviously the period finishing the show to when mm-hmm. it airs and yep. then there's all of it airing and then you can kind of be public about your right. relationship and what's going on. Yeah. How's that buffer period? That was one of the weirdest times mentally. Because you're not living together? No, we weren't living together. We had broken up. We were sort of seeing each other after the show and sort of... So you tried up. Yeah, because yeah, the last did. episode you guys were like, yeah, let's try yeah, and make yeah. it happen. We did. We'll do all different things together. We'll catch up a couple of times. Um and then I think we just sort of somewhere in that that time period, because it was about a four, no, six weeks after then to when we filmed the reunion. And that was over Christmas, all this kind of stuff. Because it must be so interesting because it goes from you guys are just this normal, like you're filmed as a couple yeah. and it's like all this attention on you, but then you spend the next time until it airs where there's no attention on you and yeah. you're just normal people. No one's noticing you on the street yet yeah. and you're both like, Probably like, fuck, I wonder what's going to happen once this show actually comes out. The yeah. like anxiety yeah. that must be in that eight weeks and then maybe a bit of pressure to yeah. maintain the relationship. How'd that feel for you? Yeah, it was um, it was interesting to kind of like, you know, as it was sort of building up, we were sort of talking and then um, you do have that little bit of like tense, nervous anxiety, which does slowly build leading up into the 
by the way, your wedding is on TV on this day. That's when people, oh, the Bucks party. Yeah. That, but your wedding's this day. That's like the big day, you know. That's yeah, when yeah. you're on TV and you're tuning in because you've got radio the next day. You've got it, the buzz happens. It starts. And I remember, you know what? I remember the first time someone noticed me in a street and, you know, everyone's been so lovely and so kind. Mm. But like, I remember when that happened, I was just, me? Yeah. Oh, looking behind me, like, he goes, Jack, Jack. Because he would have like forgot about the filming almost. It would have been like, yeah, a couple yeah. months before. Yeah, yeah it was. Back yeah, in the normal swing it. of life. Like you're straight back to work after filming. Yeah, yeah. So I was straight back to work um, and two and a half months uh, before the, um, the show actually aired on TV. And then, you know, people have actually got to kind of like watch it for a while to sort of recognize what you look like mm. and character build and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but I remember the first time was like literally straight after the wedding. Mm. Um, it was in March sometime. Someone pulled me up, uh, this lady, and she was so lovely, but was just like, oh my God. You're that guy that just got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wedding was literally the day before. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is what it's going to be like. And I just remember that slowly building mm. and until a point when it was just like... When that episode probably came out, eh? That was... Was that a big turning point you felt the, for your character the in retreat, the show? The retreat. There was a one more before it. Yeah. So it was two weeks. Those two weeks. Yeah. yeah. That's when my character, I think, on the show... I had more to say, actually. Early, but, I, but you didn't but really... Was, yeah, you didn't really say much it. air at the start. And yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think I remember from the small bits I watched yeah. <laughs> that they, that was quite short, like you and Dom and stuff. But yep. then once that stuff came around, it's like, we weren't off screen. Yeah. You guys were the stars of the show, which yeah. is so cool. What's it been like dealing with the stardom? Has it been a yeah. massive, has it been weird? Like Instagram gone from a thousand followers to 275,000 yeah. followers yeah. to, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, have you been getting it's hit crazy. up left, right and center and blah, yeah. blah, blah, I all mean, in between? I guess, Everything from actually being known in public, you know, like that's a that's a big portion of it. You know, when I go places, I, I'm paparazzi um, and stuff, eh? Not as much anymore, but for when big the... events, they're always there. Yeah, and um, I've never really some of the cast members I've heard like call paparazzi and say, "I'm gonna go do this." I don't really care for it. Like, <laughs> I never have. You're like, put my suit on to go be a financial planner. Still. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you want to get some? You know, I'm gonna, yeah. look, I'm gonna walk my dog. Whatever. I'm, I just don't do it. I can't call it. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe that's what I'm meant to do. I don't know. Um, but uh, going from, yeah, literally just like being Jack Miller to being Jack Miller from Maths. Yeah. And that's the kind of like, because one of the weirdest things as well is that um, with the social presence, social following, and um, I, I really hate this word, but like, you know, the idea of like you are a star or yeah. you are famous. Yeah, the famous. So, you know, and I, I will never ever see myself as famous. So yeah. like, I'm a degrade, degrade celebrity at best. Mm. Like all I know is that people do know my story now yeah. from what they've seen on maps and people are interested in me. Yeah. And a lot of people actually know who I am. Mm. So people have this, uh, you know, people come up to you and go, Oh, like, you know, I know so much about you. I want to, you know, the, the people have been really gracious. Yeah. I mean, like, Thank you so much for standing up, showed mm. what men can actually do. It broke some stigmas here and here. Yeah, yeah. And I've been super humbled by all of that. I really have. Yeah. Um, but it's still overwhelming because I'm also thinking in the back of my head, like, what if I make a mistake as well? Like, what if I break? What if this is just a facade and blah, 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 blah. But it's mm. not, it's who I am. And yeah, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. But there's also a level of pressure there as well. Yeah, you're like, oh, what if I yeah, say something wrong or get misconstrued? Like, I'm. Sh let's go slightly quickly mm. back to that story i'm sure that olivia cheek's not trying to be 
Yeah. Like she is, like, you know what I mean? She's just trying to like yeah. have a moment on, and like, you know what I mean? Have something that yeah. you better just backfire. Whereas that's probably the sort of pressure that you feel like, oh, I hope nobody like yeah. sees what I'm trying to like, takes it the wrong way and stuff, which a lot of pressure does come with and that. And it, it does. It's a very, um, I think the whole uh, celebrity based industry is a very fickle industry mm. as well. Like, People says one wrong thing in your um oh cancel culture is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. and that's why it's so cool. Like, like you said, people coming up to you saying like, "Thank you for like sticking up for Dom and doing yeah. blah 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 and breaking some stigma." Like, it's very rare in a show like that somebody has an impact like you. Yeah, did and like has like a lasting presence that has a lot of depth to it. So like, you should be so proud of yourself, man. Like to hold yourself oh, through that you. and. There wasn't many other dudes sitting at that table that were trying to stick up for you, which, no. you know what I mean? I'd, I'd sit here and say, I bet you I would have, but fuck, you never know until you're in that situation. Yeah. You can hold your head high and did from the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. From the country watching crazy, it crazy. in the, the way that was just genuine and authentic and really had yeah. an impact that went beyond the show, which is quite special, I think. Yeah, thank you. What's life been like now after the show? Mm. Kind of shows fully aired, being with Dom public like I kind of before coming into this chat was yeah. like search your name a bit and everything's just like a Dom and um, Jack still together blah 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 there's so much um, what's going on now you guys aren't together but you're still best friends we are talking about that earlier yeah so basically um, aren't together still think it's theaters over her place this morning we went and got brekkie I got to see a dog like it was amazing um but yeah, we're not in a romantic relationship. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to hate each other and that mm. whole stigma behind like people on, well, and I guess in real life as well, but mainly with this TV show, it's like either you fall in love or you hate each other. Yeah. But hopefully we've broken that because it's just not the case. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got nothing but love and respect for the girl, but just not in that way. Yeah. And I mean, looking at um, where we are now, you know, we're both... We're both in this crazy world. We've been thrust into this. Um, I don't even stardom. know. Stardom. Yeah, it. it's stardom. Like there, there's so many things being thrown at you from like uh, work sort of things. You know, there's different brand deals and different things like that. All the way through, like being invited to so many events that I just can't even like so many events. <laughs> and then the other side of it is, um, you also don't want to lose what you were doing mm. for that. So many people get sucked into that with, you yeah. do see it as maths is a big one and Love Island, I think yeah. would be the other show that I'd relate yeah. to. Yeah. The people just get shoo, sucked into that and they're like, yeah. oh, this is who I am now. It's like, well, nah. you were someone before the show and it looks like you've kept that's real steady Trying as well. To. Like you're still working. Trying I mean, you're to. taking a month off right now. Yeah, you're did saying, take a month off. Yep. Just a couple weeks left. A couple crazy months. Well, and you were in between jobs. It wasn't like you just yeah. like went, oh, I'm doing it because I want to. Yeah, be a social media guy for a month or two. It was like, no, hey, I need no, a bit no. of a break after mm-hmm. the hecticness that is your life at the moment. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's it really is like the amount of um, the amount of change that I've had in such a short period of time mm. is um, yeah, it's big. So I needed this month. Um, yeah, I finished one job, starting another one. Took four weeks off in between just to go. All right, hey, I'm going to set up all this. Um, get my ideas on paper for what I want to do and where I want to yeah. move into the future with this presence that i now have yeah and then also take a goddamn break yeah absolutely speaking of taking a break how important has that been do you think for your mental health after Mm. such like you said thrust into stardom Mm. it's very rare nowadays that people go from i mean let's be honest like nobody knowing you yeah to the world well to the whole country basically knowing you and everybody wanting a part of you and to hear your story Mm. 
how is that mentally for you to deal with? Because it yeah. it isn't easy, I know. Mm, it's um let's say overwhelming at times. Mm. Um I think I've got it lucky because of the positive rap that I've had from the things that I've done. Yeah. Um yeah, overwhelming at times. Yeah. Like genuinely there are times that I'm like, all right, I'm I'm socially exhausted. Yeah. Like I need to shut that shut that front door. I need to lay on this couch, not speak to anyone, and just turn on a TV yeah. show and detach. Because I need to like recharge that battery. Yeah. Because the amount of stimulation you get is um is overwhelming. Yeah. And you, I don't want to be the person that'll ever be, you know. I, I'm on my. I noticed right now, like I'm on my phone more than I was. Um, Absolutely. Before, because I, it's I have a million I, chicks damning you saying, "Let's go today." Because like, oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> no, it's like genuinely, there's so much going on. Yeah, yeah. I could sit on the thing all day. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I think that's be. I think that social media is a um both a blessing and a curse for mental health. You yeah. Know, like um, but it's also an amazing tool for business. Absolutely. And the, the way that I'm trying to set my head out right now is that. A, I want to show people who I am mm. outside of the show. Yeah. And B, I want to, you know, it, it makes sure that this isn't running my life, yeah. but it shows what my life is. Yeah. So I'm trying to create that relationship between myself and the socials. Yeah. You know? And I think you're doing a good job of it. And rounding back to the idea of like your mm. mental health, yeah. maybe being not crazily affected compared to some other people. I think yeah. it's because you have been authentic yeah. and being able to, it's taxing not being yourself. And it happens in so many industries. And to be honest, I felt like that almost a little bit with the start of when doing this podcast and mm-hmm. when doing the Good Human Factory. Whereas now I'm really trying to you settled in, yeah, just settle into you know what, like, huh? I can, it, it's it's like it literally is taxing trying to be someone else, having to take yep. a mask off once you do it. So the yeah. more you can like lean into just being yourself, I feel yep. like the easier it becomes. Because people like, see through that as well. Like people see when people are being genuine and people mm. attach to that. Well, and I think as well, it's this idea of if you're being yourself and something doesn't go your way, you're like, oh, well, at least I know I was being myself. Yep. If you're being someone else and it doesn't go your way, you're like, fuck, imagine if I was myself in that situation it actually worked. It's like yep. if you're genuine, you know what I mean, as often as you can be and as authentic as you, obviously, especially in the limelight you're in now, obviously yep. with this podcast, speaking in front of people for yep. me, there is a character you have to play, which is, I guess, the best version of yourself, but yeah. it still has to be a version of yourself that yeah. you can authentically live by. I think. And you need to ensure that you don't change that. Mm. You know, and it's because... tough with the growth that comes. And yeah. imagine with your hyper growth, yeah. it's very easy to get sucked into that, but it's so yeah. cool that you're still doing your work and stuff. But what's yeah. what's the future goals for you now? What's moving look, forward? Um, look, at the moment, I've just been thrown into this idea that I've got a platform mm. and I know that what I need to do with this platform is something good. Mm. So for me, I'm going to be, I'm starting to have a few discussions with a few different um, few different brands and a few different um, companies that run a few um, events where I'll be able to speak, speak my story, speak about mental health and also um, speak about my life for animals. I'm a huge animal guy and that's something that I really want to push. Yeah. Um, so it's about sort of using my platform to basically say the things that I, well, at least project the things that I really care about, mm. hopefully connect with the people that do want to listen to those things yeah. and, you know, build it from there. You know, I'm not going to be, <laughs> I don't want to be one of the, I don't want to be an influencer. 
Yeah, you know? you're, you're, not, you're not going to be the guy that's going to pop up on Love Island next year no. and like the next show next year. And no. It's yeah. just like you've had your little stint in that yeah. world. You've grown to where you've got this platform now yeah. and now trying to use it for good, which I think is, yeah, a testament to your morals and the sort of person yeah. you are. It's going to be exciting what's coming up for you. Yeah, I'll be in Army really excited. Like I'll, I've to, I'll have to get you a bunch of good Human Factory merch. i got to get you some B-card in Yeah, I'll get my gratitude shirts on you. Yeah, mad. Um, yeah, well, because that's the thing. I'm um, I'm off to Melbourne this weekend to have a meeting with a couple of those um, brands down there to try and line up a few um, events and speaking events and Sick. stuff. And I just want to talk. I just yeah. want to meet people. I want to talk. I want to have um, just meaningful, in-depth conversations mm. with people. And that's what I think for me is like biggest part of life mate you gotta start a podcast <laughs> it's a it's where it's at it's great yeah, it's, it's just epic like how good is this we've just, just been sitting chat. here for an hour and 15 minutes just it's that long yeah we're an hour and 10 minutes Far <laughs> it just goes so quick it's crazy yeah, it's like just having good conversations i feel is so important and mm. something i spoke to someone recently about on the podcast was the idea that as humans biologically for thousands of years we've sat around campfires eating food and talk to each other you're right that's what we crave biologically it's only the last 15 years in thousands of years of our dna code that we've mm-hmm. done it through a device yeah so that's why i think people really resonate and admire podcasts for one as a platform that's strictly yep. audio compared to like visual there's another thing that can change so yep. i was trying to like build a place where people can just sit and listen in on a really nice conversation that's why i love doing the podcast like yeah, absolutely it's just been completely about having conversations with amazing people like yeah. yourself me learning from you but then also letting the guests learn from the story and i think that's mm. the valuable thing in storytelling and good storytellers exactly like yourself which i think you've got a big career ahead in speaking thanks man. but yeah like storytelling is such a powerful thing if yeah. you can tell a story you can do anything it's just like yeah. the basis of marketing it's a basis of it is just communicating and inspiring people to make positive actions in their life and yeah i'm sure from listening to this conversation there's been a lot of people that'll be like oh far out this guy's like a bloody legend but also like these guys Thanks, have been talking about some stuff that might have sparked a bit of curiosity in topics that they might reflect on themselves and go oh maybe i do have a bit of a weird view about only fans or yeah. Oh, you know what? I agree with them about dating apps. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think conversation is such a tool that is beginning to somewhat slip away. And it's so mm. important that we do maintain good conversation skills. Exactly. Like, put the phones away, stop the texting, meet up for a coffee. Yeah. And, like, you know, sit down with your friends and ensure that you, you know, and meet people as well. Yeah. New people. Like, be open to yeah. having a conversation with a random and just be like, hey. Absolutely. If someone comes up to you on the street and it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Like, trust me, I get it 10 times a day now. Like, <laughs> you just chat to people. Mm. People are mostly nice. Yeah. You know, and as long as you're not weird or anything yeah. like that, you're just like, you know, how's your day going? Like, yeah. People are good people. I love They're that. everywhere, man. I love that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You just got to be willing to put yourself out there and have a go. I've got two yeah. more questions for you. Hit me. First one, what's the DMs like now that people know you're single? Far out, yeah. They kind of blow off a little bit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild. One of the things I actually find it really hard with like DMs is like on Insta, it's like, shit, do I, um, like, do I trust what's on the other side of this screen yeah. and stuff? So for me, I'm like a little bit nervous about that, yeah, that. That message request is just 99 plus and leave it at that. Dude, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. It's there <laughs> I, I, I bet it is. The last question I do like to finish every single yeah. Good Humans podcast with because I think it is a great way 
for the audience to get to know the sort mm. of person you are and a good way for them to reflect is what does being a good human mean to Jack Miller? Um, look, for me, being a good human is just keeping a positive attitude, being open-minded and hearted to, you know, people around you. And I think, you know, what we really touched on at the end of this podcast there is being open to having that communication with um, your fellow peers, your other humans, mm. you know, like that's what being a good human is all about. Just being there for people and willing to talk to someone and being able mm. to communicate that. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, full circle from the start when yeah. you said what you're grateful for is the connection with those people around you. Yeah. So it just shows why you think that's what being a good human is. Yeah, man. But man, it's been great to have a chat. It's been great to catch up and learn Absolutely, your story from like dude. the stuff around the snowboarding, your family life yeah. as a kid. Obviously, we went quite a bit into the show maths. I yeah, probably should have been fun. a bit more researched, but we'll do a follow up cool. episode in six months and see where you lie, Zach. Yeah, I think people absolutely. will be really interested and we'll be up to close to episode 100 by then. But Ooh. man, I mean, I think you'll be episode 49. So yeah. getting there. Another a year I'll be at episode 100. But yeah, it's still man, huge. it's been great having a chat. It's been, yeah, beautiful getting to know your story. I'm sure everyone Thanks will so be. Thanks so much for having me, man. Like, it's been great. I love chatting. Yeah. I think yeah. I made that <laughs> Yeah, me, mate. But hopefully people who have listened to this might hear your story a bit differently to a lot of the other podcasts yeah. out there because, yeah, I'm sure you've told your math story inside and out, back to front yeah, 100 times. So it's good to touch on it, but hopefully people saw my unique angle and just got to know yeah. A bit more of the why behind the stuff you did and get to know the context as to who you are. But man, thanks for having a chat. It's been great having you on. Absolutely awesome. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, guys. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.